Thank you for listening to the official podcast of Live Church Orlando, where we encourage you to live your life His way. For more information about Live Church and other resources, please visit livechurchorlando.com. Let's get into it. I thoroughly believe that the miraculous happened Wednesday night here at Live. Something incredible, something supernatural, something only God could do. He did on Wednesday, and I'm not living off of Wednesday. Wednesday is gone. Today is a new day. Uh, I want to share some of the same things I shared Wednesday night. Not to get the same results, but to share the same revelation and information. I think we need to be on the same page as a church as to our theology in this area. I think we all need to be on the same page as a church, uh, which is why I'm teaching it today. I'm not trying to go after Wednesday's anointing. That was Wednesday's. Today, I want daily bread. I want new, new, new bread today. Amen? And don't live too much on your past, even past successes. I know we quickly get over failures, and that's hard to get rid of, but it's almost harder to get over past successes because you can become slave to either one. You can become slave to past failures or past successes to the point where you can't move forward. Uh, I know people who have had exceptional, uh, in my other line of, music, other line of uh, work, who've had exceptional music and masterpieces, but because it didn't get the Grammy that the last album get, they discredited themselves. And it's like, man, this is an awesome body of work. I don't care who said this is great or not but because they can't live up to their own past successes. They're still depressed. Nothing bad happened, you just didn't do as well as the last season in your eyes. But maybe you're doing better in other areas this season. Are are you understanding what I'm saying? The goal is to be whole, and that's what God wants us. So I wanna talk about give it up again uh, this is our, I, I didn't know it was going to be a giving series, but I guess this is what we're talking about now. We're talking about giving. We know that's more blessed to give than receive. My wife and I, when we learned this principle, I believe in 03, 2002, 2003, I know by 2004, but that 2002, 2003, when we learned the principles of giving, we never stopped giving a certain way. We were always givers our whole life. But once you add your faith to it, you pull on the results. You, you pull on heaven's response when you attach your faith to a thing. Uh, so we've never stopped giving, and we've never needed since then, about 02, 03. We've never needed, because God supplied. I like that little patty cake. That's, that's, you know, if it was you, you'd be, I don't know. Anyway, so even recently, we taught on giving. We've been teaching on giving lately. I taught on giving Sunday, whatever. We give. We give all the time. We give time, energy, money, whatever. We always give. I love doing it. I love giving. I'm more fulfilled when I give. Uh, and this week, does somebody have a guitar in the audience or does somebody have a phone? Put it on silent, please. My ears are very keen. I can just hear. I'm just playing. This week, Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to disclose the amount. I got a check in the mail this week. <laughs> Woo, I'm sorry. They done sat down already. The musicians done sat down, but I can praise without it. Unexpectedly, I got a check in the mail this week. <laughs> Several television stations owed me money for TV appearances that I never got over the years. Good God, I'm sorry. It's a nice figure and I'm just happy that I got it. How? But God's going to give some of y'all back pay in the name of Jesus. Woo! Stuff people have owed you for years is going to come to you in lump sum. 
Y'all missing what I'm saying because y'all just thinking about money. You're going to get lump sum apologies. You're going to get lump sum closure. You're going to get lump sum. Woo! Lump sum kindness. Lump sum generosity. And for some, lump sum money. Because you are all that. And God said, I will restore the years. Woo! Tell your neighbor, years are coming back to you. Woo! You thought all that was a waste? No, it was all collected. Years are coming back. I'm not trying to get y'all hype. I'm telling y'all what just happened to me. And if the oil flows from the head down, I can speak it over your life with authority and confidence. God told me to release this this morning. Years of payback is coming back to you this year. Receive it. You've given love. They didn't love you back. You supported everybody. Nobody supported you. You were abused and hurt. You were stolen from. You were taken from. Y'all about shy, y'all. You were treated wrong. You were wrongly accused. They gypped you. They didn't fulfill their end of the agreement. And you had to keep on and keep smiling. Hallelujah. Some of us, we've been embarrassed for things. God said, for your shame, you shall receive double. Everybody didn't go through publicly, but everybody that went through publicly on any level, whether your family knows or whether the world knows, God says, for your shame, you shall receive double. God has not forgot. I forgot. I just show up on TV like, hey, that's cool. They didn't pay me. It's all right. I mean, people saw it. It's all right. It's cool. As long as people saw it, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Years. I didn't even think about it anymore. It was gone to me. But heaven was like, hold on. Let's wait for the right time. Hold on. No, hold on. He, he moving. He moving to Orlando. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Hold on. 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 Now I feel a woo. I feel a suddenly about to happen to some of y'all in this. Woo! Tell your neighbor, watch out. Something's about to happen. I don't know when it's going. I might get a text while we're in church. I don't know. I might get an email before I leave. I might get a phone call before I get to my car. I'm not trying to get you excited. This literally happened in my life. As you take your seat, just say back pay, back pay. <laughs> back pay. Back pay. Back pay. Oh. Yeah, receive it, receive it, receive it, receive it. Some of y'all got the wrong diagnosis from doctors. Wrong medication. Wrong treatment. God said, I'm restoring years. I'm giving it back to you with interest. Ah. With interest. With interest. So let's talk about this this morning. Giving. Giving, 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 giving. We talked about giving finances. We talked about how giving is not just financial. If you're a giver, you can't help but give conversation if I'm a giver it's not compartmentalized if I'm a giver it's not just in this area I am a giver I'm a black man I'm very dark skinned I can't compartmentalize that I can't only be black until I go to the bank how are you no I'm still I tried it it didn't work in court I tried it Still went to jail. Traffic tickets before y'all start. See, I knew he had, I knew he had that. <laughs> Slow down. That's the sermon of y'all. I still got locked up for traffic for speeding tickets, even though I wore my suit. <laughs> and I spoke very properly. And I informed the judge that I was a clergy. you're a giver that's just who you are in every setting you don't have to be asked to give givers see needs and supply it without asking 
givers will see a need and just supply it without giving it any thought. So they said the, the, the scripture talks about how, how Paul was receiving from the church of Macedonia. And he was like, they were very poor, yet they were rich in kindness and rich in generosity. And I encourage you to I encourage you, and I said, listen, they were poor, but they were rich in generosity. I told you, don't be poor everywhere. Tell your neighbor, today, you can be rich somewhere. Right now. Right now. Rich in kindness, rich in patience, rich in love, rich in mercy. Rich in, you can be rich in some area right now. So why not be rich? He says, but first, the first scripture says, they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to. First things first, Lord, your word is already blessed. Let it fall on good ground in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. First things first. We I told you, don't let any preacher or prophet or anything talk to you about giving finances if you haven't given yourself first. If you give yourselves totally and fully over to God, you almost don't have to be asked to give anything. So the pressure to get people to give and give and give without changing who they are it defeats the purpose. Because you can have a new building with unchanged people in the audience. We don't want that. We don't want a beautiful building with, 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 with you know, unsuccessful, undeveloped, underdeveloped people in the audience. We want developed, solid, strong, whole people in the audience who give out of their obedience, out of their uh, a love for God, and, and it's not a burden to them. So he said, you gave yourselves first over to God and to us. God always parallels himself with people. I'm going to say it one more time and I'm going to move. God parallels himself with people. I don't know why, because he's not like man. He's, not, he's nothing like man. His thoughts are higher than ours. I don't know why he parallels us with people, because I, I believe he knows we could get lost in this, oh, God, I love you. I love you, God, and you're everything. But our brother and sister to the right and the left, I don't really deal with them like that. And God says, how could you say you love me who you never saw? But not love your brother and your sister who you see every day. This is important to God. I know we want to faith. In, we need to fast. Because there are witches and warlocks. There are demons. There are spiritual. There are this, devils. All these devils in Orlando. We need to pray against the devils in Orlando. And the witches and warlocks. And, the, and there are all those here. But that's not first. Why play against demons and we don't even love each other. That's not, that's not important to God. God's like, I can handle the demons. I got, I, I got the demons. Can you handle the love part? And we take it so lightly, like, okay, I love my... But we, we, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge for us because we love who we like. But if we don't like you, you're going to know it. Whoa. Why does everybody have to know who and what you don't like? Nobody can know what you love. Nobody knows what you love. Everybody knows what irks you, though. What kind of lifestyle is that? What kind of mentality is that? You give off more negative energy to kind of protect yourself so they won't bring that to you. So everybody knows she don't like da-da-da. So you're trying to protect that and never have it, but you keep inviting it because that's the energy you put out. Nobody knows what you sincerely love. They don't know you love Seinfeld or you love spaghetti or you love Aunt Cora. Nobody knows what you love. Everybody knows what you dislike. That's not the life of a believer. Yo, give yourselves to God and to us. Don't be sold out for God and just hate my guts. It don't match like that. It, do, it does not match. I can, gauge your, I can gauge your relationship with God by how you deal with people. Period. Now you walk around and, ooh, and people got healed. And when he, when he sung, I, I know he has God. Because when he started singing, I was just crying and I couldn't stop. That's called a gift. Hold on. Never mind. We fall for so much. All right. Giving yourselves to God. I talked about this Wednesday. Giving yourselves to God seems like, okay, let me just wrap myself in the cradle of his arms and let him just, I surrender and I rest in the cup of your hands. 
You know what I mean? As a, as a pup, as a newborn pup, I just give myself to you, God. No, it's not, it's not pretty like that. Giving yourself to God, it, it always involves giving up something. <laughs> always. <laughs> it always involves a giving up. And usually it's not fun. It's not easy. It involves a ripping and a tearing away from who you once were. <laughs> yeah. I said Wednesday, I'll say it again. I'm going to stop saying I said it Wednesday. I'm just going to say it again. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus looks at him and says, obey the commandments. Oh, which ones? Obey your parents. You know what I'm saying? Do good to them. I've done all that. I did all that. What's next? He said, Oh, okay. Jesus looked at him. The Bible says he looked at him and he said, sell all that you have and give to the poor. The Bible says he walked away very sad. He said, sell all you have, give to the poor, then come follow me. He walked away very sad because Jesus doesn't want just uh, random legalistic obedience. Nice to parents. I'm nice to parents. Be kind to people. I'm kind to people if it don't mean nothing to you. So he, he challenged that area that meant something to him. Because you're being random and frivolous with God's laws. Did it. I did that. What else? Well, be kind. I, I did that. What, what's next? I, I need this eternal life. I need God to move. I need my come up this year. That's what we're talking about, all visitors. We're talking about the come up this year. All right. Look at your neighbor and say, you coming up this year. In Jesus' name, if I got to pull you up myself, I'm not letting you stay on that level. If I'm going up, you going up with me in the name of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and yank them a little bit and say, we going together. I'm not going by myself. I ain't going by myself. You better come with me. You better get on up. What's wrong with you? I don't like, we don't, we, we don't like this level. Let's come up. So I want my come up. What's up, God? I want my blessing. What's up? Okay, sell all that you have. Because your possessions mean a lot to you. Sell all that you have and give to the poor. So that's taken away from him. Because he was connected to his possessions and finances. So God always challenges the areas of your life that are connected to your heart. That's, that has, he walked away sad because his possessions had more value to him than a relationship with God. When things are more valuable than your relationship with God, it will get brutally challenged. Let's talk about it. It'll get, it'll, get, it'll get challenged. He said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to inherit eternal life. Why did Jesus say that? Well, y'all know the eye of the needle was, was not a literal needle and thread, right? Okay, the eye of the needle is what they called a little passageway between two cities, between two towns. It was a little passageway that sat about maybe this high, a little opening right here. And if you were a, if you were a person that wanted to pass from this city to this city, you had to go through this little tunnel. If you had a camel, it's, it's higher than this. So you will have to take off everything that's on the camel, all of your possessions, all of the things you... All of your baggage, everything you've accumulated on your journey, you got to let it go. You got to leave it on this side to cross over to the other side. Woo, it's quiet. For, this used to be my praise section. I think y'all more in my praise section today. When he says it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle, the camel has to stump. The camel has to bow. The camel has to get on his knees. The camel has to humble himself. The camel can't stand strong and got to humble himself. Sometimes you got to get low to go to the next level. And it's quiet. If you're not willing to humble yourself, get ready to stay on that side of the town. But if there's blessings on the other side, I don't care what I got to get rid of. I don't care how low I got to go. Anyway, you bless me. But because a rich man doesn't want to give up anything, he'll stay on this side with his possessions. And just view the other side. Live. We will not be viewers of the next level only. 
No, we will not be viewers. We don't want to stand here with all your baggage, all your wretchedness, all your relationships, all your friends that you don't want to get rid of, and looking at where you could be in life, looking at your future that you should be enjoying right now, looking at your purpose. We're not going to view our purpose. We're going to live our purpose. We're not going to view our future. We're going to live our future. We're not going to see goodness. We're going to live goodness. But you got to give up. You got to give up. So Jesus said that because that's a very trying process to go through the eye of a needle with a huge camel because giving yourselves often involves a ripping and a tearing away. The next scripture says the word of God. Look at this. The word of God is quick and powerful. This is another version. For the word of God is quick, powerful, sharp. Now, I always didn't understand that part growing up. I love that the word is quick. Because that means I'm about to be blessed fast. That's what that meant to me. The word is quick. Cool. I'm about to be healed so fast. It's going to make your head spin. He about to make a way so fast. I'm going to be driving before I know it. Because the word is quick. I love that part. Powerful. Of course I love that part. Nothing can stand in the way of the word. Sharp. Why that's in there? Why is sharp in the description of the word? First of all, the word, we, you can look at the Bible. I know when I say the word, some of y'all think scriptures. I think of a person. I think of Jesus himself. Because Jesus Christ is the word. Uh, I'm going to make sure we agree on that. There's some theology settings we're setting right here. We believe that Jesus Christ is the manifested word of God. Because the Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. This is John chapter 1. And the word became flesh. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is the word in flesh. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Just want to make sure we're on the same page. We believe here at Live Church that Jesus Christ is the incarnate word of God wrapped in flesh. So when I say the word is quick, I'm thinking of a person. Personify it. The word is powerful. I'm thinking of a person. All right? And he's sharp. It says sharp as a surgeon's scalpel. Wow! Cutting. Hey! King James says piercing to the dividing. What's going on? That's why people don't fool with Jesus. They love God, but Jesus cuts. Muslim friends, Buddhists, Hinduism, uh, whatever religion, they can go, God is love. God is powerful. The universe has given us the, the God in the universe. God in the universe. God, they got, but that Jesus, <laughs> it got quiet in my praise section. Look at your neighbor and say, something about the name of Jesus. It ruffles feathers. I love saying Jesus. It, may, it draws a line of demarcation. What side are you on? I just said Jesus. We don't went from the God zone to the Christ zone. What zone are you in? Ask your neighbor, what zone are you in? People love the God zone. There's no cutting there. But that Christ zone. That's where the cutting comes in. And nobody likes that. Nobody enjoys that. But it's, a sur it's like a surgeon's scalpel, which means I'm cutting you to fix something. Are y'all with me on this side? I'm just making sure. I'm not just cutting you to hurt you. The world cuts you to hurt you. Are y'all remember that? Y'all remember the good Samaritan? How they left him half dead? Yeah, that's how the world will beat you up and rob you and leave you half dead. God is not trying to beat you up and rob you and leave you bruised. I'm cutting you to help you. I'm cutting the areas I need to cut to get the disease out. I'm cutting the area. Y'all. <laughs> Has anybody in the room ever experienced a successful surgery? <laughs> Lift your hands, please. Because I need y'all to be witnesses. Y'all natural witnesses of what God is doing spiritually. Keep your hand raised, please. Everyone that endured a successful surgery, you got cut open. Yeah, but you're still here. And you... And you're not just here, but you're better. Woo. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm better after that. I'm better. Look at all the hands. Hold on. Keep your hands raised. Live. Look at all the hands that are up. They made it through the cut better. That's in the natural. Imagine in the spirit. God 
God is doing some cutting but not to kill you. The cut is not to kill. The cut is to heal. Oh God. Tell your neighbor this cut gonna heal you. I feel the Holy Ghost. This cut will heal you. In the Bible, God used the children of Israel as examples of how he dealt with human beings. I'm going to use this sect of people to show how I deal with humans. He punished them sometimes. He gave grace sometimes. He blessed them sometimes. They brought a curse on them sometimes. I'm showing you how I deal with humans. So let me deal with this people, right? People are too, people are too, well, so God said, the way that I, uh, 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 how, do, how do you say this? Separate them naturally is by circumcision. So the people of God all had to be circumcised as a sign that we are set apart and made holy for God's use. Don't ask me why that was it. But that was it. It's still happening to this day, circumcision. But back in the day, it was only over the children of Israel, only over the people of God. Because they were considered purged. They were considered cleansed because they got cut. The way I know woo, that you belong to God is not by speaking in tongues. Demons do that. Not by prophesying. Devils do that. Woo, but devils ain't cut. I know you're a child of God if you have been cut by God's holiness and he cuts the private areas y'all I'm trying not to be too graphic because there are kids in the audience you understand but he cuts you in the private area so it's not a public cutting ain't that good God will never embarrass you we embarrass ourselves by the time you get embarrassed we don't been warned 96 times Wrong side. Where did my real section at? Babe, I don't even want you standing up too much, but I see you standing on that note. God is never going to put you out there like that. You done been warned 153 times. Now on 154, wow, God. Wow. No, wow, you. I'd rather deal with you in private. I'd rather cover you. I'd rather show you grace. I'd rather give you mercy. We are so stubborn. He cuts the private areas, the places nobody sees. Ooh, that's what God's working on. We get saved and immediately try to change the outside. You just got saved last week, praise the Lord. You just walking differently. This is my seat. All right, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You try to change the outside. God ain't cutting the outside. Never mind. The inside, the, the places nobody sees is what I'm purifying. It's what I'm purging. It's what I'm sanctifying. It's what I'm cleansing. Because if I can get the inside clean, the outside is inevitable. God means what he says, man. Whether He says you got cutting everything, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense. Laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to the God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. So God is trying to do something in us before he does something for us or to us. We all want to be blessed. We all want to come up. I want your business to work. I want your family to be successful. I want your marriage to be all that. I want your kids to grow up and take over Orlando or the world or whatever you want to do. I want you all your ideas to come to fruition and make you all the money you want. I want all of that, but that does not come first. What he does in you happens first. Let's go to the next scripture, which is a lot, but you ain't going to read it all. Yeah, I told you. So let's start here. No, I'm just kidding. This is a picture of how God works. And I did it like this on purpose. I got 22 minutes left. I did it like this on purpose so we can see the, the dealings of God. The Bible says, and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. This is Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And this verse 2 says, and the earth was without form, deformed. 
And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Darkness means wickedness, evil. It also means confusion. All right? So now, confusion, darkness, and deformity is in God's earth. How did that happen? We believe the fall of Satan and all of that, but we'll, that's, that's further theology that I want to talk about today. I want to show you how in verse 2, this is verse 2, chaos hit. But all the way down here in this little red section, this little red, this word says blessed. So I was looking for this word this whole time. We don't see the word blessed until verse 22. Are y'all with me? Okay, so chaos hits, problem hits in verse 2. We don't see blessed till 22. Trouble hits you at 2. You're not blessed till 22. Pain hits your life at 2. God don't bless you till 22. What is he doing for 20 verses? I don't know about you, but I don't got 20 verses to wait to be blessed. Chaos hit my life in verse 2. I need a blessing in 2.5. It's quiet on this side. Where my real section at? Soon as you get in trouble, you want to immediately get out. Bless me. Every time I get in trouble, Lord, bless me. Help me. And I'm looking for the blessing. What was God doing? He was restoring order. Ooh. 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 Because sin causes us to be out of order. And God doesn't bless this order. I always say it's like a soda machine or a vending machine. If you see a sign on it that says out of order, you will not put money in it. You should not put money in it. Some of y'all still do. You're going to take this. You're going to take this. And, and it doesn't happen. You wouldn't put money into something that says out of order. And God wouldn't put anything into a life that says out of order. I need y'all to listen to me this morning. I'm just teaching for a second, then we'll close in a minute. What was God doing? He was putting order. Let there be light. There was light. He was putting everything back in order. We want to be blessed, but still be out of order. We want to be blessed with no structure. We want to be blessed as is. And we think we're ready for the blessing now. You're probably only in verse 12. Okay. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What did God do? Well, first it says the Spirit of God moved. First he moved. Then he said. Then he saw. Then he divided. Then he called. Then he called. Then he said. Then he made. Called. Said. Saw. Made. Saw. Saw. Called. Said. Made. Set. God set them in the firmament. And then he saw. Then he said. Y'all can't see those. And then God created. And God created great wells. Okay. So he's creating. He's setting. He's making. He's calling. He's seeing. He's doing all of this before you're blessed. First it says the spirit moved. <laughs> and then it says he said, every time God moves, open your ears. Anytime you feel the spirit moving, he doesn't just move to move, he moves to speak. <laughs> if Tim is singing or any part of the service, you just feel like this, I don't want to say unusual presence because it should be familiar to us. Okay, well let me just, for the sake of the sermon. This unusual feeling you're getting warm, you just, feel the, you just sense the presence of God. You don't just feel his presence to feel it. No, he moves to prep you for his word. First he moves, then he speaks. Anytime you feel the presence of God, don't just thank you, God. Hallelujah. Don't just do that. Open your ears. Open your heart. Open your soul. Become vulnerable for a minute. Like You're not just moving to move. You're moving to do something. You're, you're, you're moving to say something to me. And so I'm trying to teach y'all how to hear God. In those moments, don't just, glory, hey, 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 hey. Enjoy his presence and then listen. Because you get all that feeling and no seed. Stephen was telling me, he said, I thought about that when you said that because it's like a, a, oh man, I can't explain it. The word of God is seed. You don't just put seed in somebody. Man, I wish we needed adult service. Yeah, if God touches you or moves on you, he's not just. 
He's not touching you just to touch you. He's preparing you for seed. Are you hearing what I'm saying? His purpose is not that feeling. Thank you, baby. No, no, no. That's not why I'm touching you. That's not why I'm moving. I need to put something inside you that's going to change how you walk, what you crave. It's going to change everything. And it's going to produce something that looks just like me. That's what I want. You gave me that Wednesday, bro. It's going to produce something that looks just like me. That's why you feel good in church. So you can get that seat. Man, it's never just to feel good. So open up and say, Lord, what you doing? What would you have me do in this moment? So he called. He saw he did all that. Okay. And then verse 22, it says, then he blessed. Verse 22. My question is, what verse are you in? What verse? Is God moving in your life right now? Is he speaking? Is he creating? Is he trying to create something in you? Is he making? The Bible says he made. Is he making you something? Because the blessing follows that process. Let him do it. Are y'all hearing me? Here we go. So this giving up, giving things in order, giving up things. The Bible says, wherefore, seeing we are compassed about the next scripture with a great cloud of witnesses. Here we go. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Paul says, seeing that. We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. In other words, there are so many witnesses, there are so many testimonies that can attest to the fact that me giving up something or, or, or me putting away sin benefited me. You have a lot of witnesses that say, yeah, I gave up drugs. Well, let me tell you something. When I did that, God, not this side maybe. Let me try this. Try this side over here. There are many testimonies over here that says when I gave up that thing, God... A little more over here. All right. I'm going to try y'all again. There are witnesses over here. Many. There's a great cloud of witnesses that'll say, oh, yeah, I gave that up. But after I did that, God. There you go. So seeing that you have so many witnesses, let's lay aside every weight and sin. Paul's not just saying, hey, you need to give that up. There. No. Look at what it did for everybody else. Use the testimonies. Ask somebody. Then when you stop cussing, did your life get better? When you stop sleeping around, what happened? Because I'm thinking about doing that. Okay, uh-huh. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Ask. Get testimonies. Get witnesses. God is not asking you to do something that nobody else has ever done. It's common. It's regular. It's our reasonable service. Everybody who loves Christ has to do this. So ask somebody not, how did it feel when you, when you broke up with them? How did, no, don't ask about that side. We're not focusing on what we're giving up. What's the benefits? How did he bless you? What happened after that? Tell me. When you're giving up for God, the focus is never what you're giving up. The focus is always the promises. Or just I love you more than that. I I, I said it all the time when my wife and I started dating or whatever. I used to always, you know, do that. She hated it. We had dinner. We had... We had a, we had a, when we go to date, we had dates at Denny's. Oh, well, we had Denny's. You know what I mean? She got her moons over my hammy. (laughs) I had some buffalo wings or something with a pancake on the side. Fruit juice. You know what I mean? I'd be like, she'd be like, babe, could you? So you, so you do that. I'm like, do what? <laughs> that. Oh, my bad. <laughs> right. I, I didn't even know I did it. My whole family do it. I grew up seeing it. I grew up doing it. It's me. It's part of who I am. But it irritated her. So now, do I make her adjust? Or do I adjust? That next, that next date, I was like, oh, right, you said you, because you, cause you, cause you, got it. 
That next day, I was like, oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. Next day, I was like, ooh, they didn't even get up there. It was like, hi, so, um, calves lost. Like, ain't even get to my ear because I stopped it before it got there. By the 10th time, it was like, ooh, just right here. By the 15th time, it was gone. Okay. <laughs> Y'all clapping. I, I appreciate the claps. Because we can clap for other people's lives. <clears throat> but what if you got to do this? I did it less until I did it no more. God is saying there are some things in your life at least do less. Because you know what? Don't please me. I want it out, but I'm a fair God. At least do it less. It's quiet over here because ain't no preacher going to tell y'all that. And y'all might not come back because I said that. I'm not telling you to do it less. I'm like at least do it less until you do it no more because you love the one that it irritates you love the one that it doesn't please so God if it doesn't please you even though it's natural to me even though I was born this way even though that's all I was exposed to I challenge my own ways to change for you because you are worth it we want the word to change around our habits. No, your habits need to adjust to the word. It's quiet. I know it'll be quiet this, this morning. It's okay. The sin. Lay aside every weight. I'm almost done. I got 10 minutes and 35 seconds. Lay aside every weight and the sin. The sin. God told me everybody has a the sin. I'm like, what? He said, Todd, tell them sin is personal. How is sin personal? It's per because the next scripture says, to him that knoweth to do, the next scripture says, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him, not the whole world, but to him, it's a sin. I got a, per oh gosh, I got a personal relationship with God. He gives me personal do's and don'ts. If I still do what's not right to me, cussing might not be a thing to some people. Peter cuss. All right, cool. Enjoy that. Do I'm not saying you're going to hell for cussing. God bless you, and I hope you have another level of brilliance where you can speak from the next conversation. But if cussing is a sin to you, I'm not going to do it. Well, me. If it's a sin to me, I'm not going to do it in a room full of cussers. I'm not going to be like, well, they can do it and get away with it. Why is it so I need to loosen up. I'm so churchy. I'm so churchy. I need to loosen up. I'm so churchy. Let me just. So what the, what the, what the. Now you start. And you're the only one in the whole room being judged because God told you. Okay. Y'all quiet. Everybody cussing. You're the only one wrong. Because you know to you. Ask your neighbor, what's it to you? Man, y'all better come on here. There are general sins. I understand the general, whatever. I got it. You know, I, I understand that. But it's personal. He said, this is what God said. Let's go to the next one. God says, <laughs> next verse. Next verse. Okay. This is, y'all move with me, please. This is the covenant that I will make with them after, I don't know why that A is there like that. A for tur. A for tur. Those days. So God is saying, I'm making a new covenant with him. After those days, says the Lord, I will imprint my laws upon their heart. A On their mind. I will inscribe them, <laughs> producing an inward, is that one too, or is that, producing an inward change. So God said, I'm making a new covenant with you. I'm not doing the Ten Commandments on stone. I'm not doing the generalizations. Everybody don't do this. Everybody don't do that. Everybody don't do this. No, don't wear pants. Don't wear earrings. Don't wear lipstick. Don't da da da. Don't drink wine. I'm not doing that no more. I'm going to write my law in your heart. We got a personal relationship. I'm going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what not to do. 
Somebody say it's personal. Say it again. It's personal. Certain things are just a sin to you. And you can't feel comforted by the sin of others. Thinking that, it doesn't, thinking that you're safe. That's not their law. You got your own. Are you hearing me? I don't care if it's a cookout. If everybody's drinking, you, if, you don't, if it's a sin to you, you better grab that Pepsi and enjoy the bejesus out of it. Get a straw. Get a swirly straw. Watch it come up all like a, like a roller coaster and enjoy it when it hits you. Get yourself a milkshake and get a brain just to hurt you. Because I don't drink. I'm not sending you to hell, but I got a law in my heart. Y'all quiet. I got, I got a law in my heart that I'm not condemning you, but I can't participate because to me, it's a sin. Master ba- Oh, I'm sorry. Kids here. We'll talk. Woo. That's a big one. I was about to say it. It's about to come out my mouth. The next scripture says, the next scripture says they carried... personal he told David to kill certain people but he said thou shalt not kill in the law before that so it's about what God is saying I'm not telling none of y'all see he said kill I knew it I'm gonna go put that pillow right over his face when he sleep no God ain't telling you that that's the devil today is the devil Old Testament it might have been God today is the devil <laughs> Because they was killing for his name's sake. You're just doing that because you're mad. We pray against the spirit of suicide and mental illness now in the name of Jesus. Be healed, be whole in the name of Jesus. Be secure in your relationship and your identity with your father. Let joy fill your heart and not sorrow. May you not be so narcissistic and think of all the problems in the name of Jesus. I speak, we speak against mental illness now. It's not just chemical, it's spiritual. And in the name of Jesus, we take authority in the spirit realm and we declare you are healed and you are ha! You are whole in the name of Jesus. Suicide has no power, for by his stripes you are healed. You shall live and not die. Clap your hands if you agree with that. The devil is a liar. All these successful people, the devil is a liar. And he's a liar for you too, in the name of Jesus. You're going to live. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to live. Woo! Tell somebody else, I'm going to live, I'm going to live, I'm going to live. Suicide is a devil. It's a lie. All right. So, so here it is. It's a sin to you. So now, the, 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 the Philistines captured the, uh, the Ark of God, right? They captured the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> and they take it to their city. If the, if the Israelites touched it, if you wasn't a high priest, you would drop dead because that's the law you got. The enemies touched it, and they didn't drop dead. Does that mean everybody can touch it now? No, they didn't have the law. God wrote his law in you. So here it is. They carried the ark of God to the temple. Dagon, here, here's how God is, is lined up with your other gods. He, they, they put in the temple of Dagon and the place it, beside the idol of Dagon, but when the citizens of Ashdod went to see it the next morning, Dagon had fallen with his face to the ground in front of the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and put him in his place again. Here's the false God in the presence of the true God. We all have this moment. Before I let you go home, you got to realize this. You all have this moment where the ark of God is now placed in the same vicinity as the old you, I mean the old God. You always have the true and living God. Now that you got saved, now that you're coming to church, the, ark, the presence of God is now in the same presence as the old God. Right? So this is the God of the Philistines. But when they woke up, <laughs> their God had fallen face down. Y'all know what that looks like, right? It looks like a bow. Y'all quiet for some reason. In the presence of the true God, all false gods have to... Because <laughs> the Bible is true, even before the Bible said it, because this is the Old Testament, but it says every knee 
shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So they took, they took, and this is what we do. This is what we do. The ark of God causes disruption. The presence of God causes disruption in every area of our lives. But what we do, we pick up the old God and put it in its place again. We had an easy life with the old God. Let's call it gossiping. Now all the gossip, you just gossip, gossip, gossip. Now the presence of God is there, and that's challenged, and you just restore. You just restore the old God. It knocked it down. Sunday was a woo. Sunday was powerful. That knocked me out. But that lust is right back. I stand it right back up. Woo! Woo, that word, woo. Liv got an anointing, boy. But that lying thing stand right back up. We stand it right back up. We put the old God right back in this place again. Mm, mm, mm. The next one says, uh, they put it back up. The, the next scripture says, but the next morning, the same thing happened. And the God fell face down before the Lord again. This time, his head and his hands had broken off and were lying in the doorway. <laughs> Only the trunk of his body was left intact. God is saying, I said I will have no other God before me. That's what he's saying in the scripture. He said, this is what I said, since y'all ain't hearing me. I said no other God shall be before me. Now you ain't got no head and you ain't got no hands. He's making mockery of other gods. And the Bible says, then the Lord's hand, the next scripture, the Lord's hand struck the people of Ashdod and the nearby villages with the plague of tumors. So now everybody in the nearby villages is hit with tumors because of the presence of God. The presence of God disrupts things that are not like him. The purpose is to get rid of other gods to not bring this on yourselves. All right, let me, I knew this wouldn't be a fun message today. I should have stayed in the, the praise moment. Okay, so when the people realized what was happening, they repented. No, they didn't. When the people saw this happening, the presence of a real God is here and it's disrupting this and it's making us all sick. They got rid of God. You were in the presence of true power because you thought your God was all powerful. True power. You thought your boyfriend was all that. God moves on your heart. He's disrupting the relationship with you and your boyfriend. You choose not to come back to church. Because if I got to let go of one of these, it ain't. Mm. Tell your neighbor, don't let go of the wrong thing. All this stuff is hitting your life. All this sickness and tumors. I'm not saying this is why. But I'm saying this stuff is hitting your life and you're going to forsake the God element. Once they realized, the Bible said, when they realized what was happening, they cried out, we can't keep God in our life. Don't ever scream that. If it's challenging, you're like, man, I can't live it right as hard. Man, tough that thing out till the old God is flushed out of you. I feel something in here. Don't ever replace God. Okay. Never. All right. So it says, and it's all out match against sin. Here's the, the, uh, the message version, the next chapter. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered far worse than you. To say nothing of what Jesus went through. All that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves because you got to break up with your boo or stop whatever. I don't even know. I don't want to say frivolous things because fear could be a sin to you. Fear, fear, fear to you. If God says do not fear and you fear, that's a sin to you. Period. So whatever it is, don't feel sorry for yourselves or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children. My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline, but don't be crushed by it either. I'm not trying to kill you. I'm trying to refine you. I'm trying to refer. I'm trying to restore you. I'm trying to redeem you. You don't even realize the condition you were born in. It's called sin. So you were already born needing to be changed. Did y'all hear that? Boy, we don't like this too much. But we, hold on, hold on. We have to, the reason why you're in church today is because of sin. I'm not saying you're a sinner, but the reason why the church system exists today is because sin entered into the world. 
Otherwise, we all have our personal relationship with God in the garden with Adam. But when sin came into the world, it knocked us so far from God. It knocked us so far. We're having services every week trying to get back. We have in Bible study and worship services just trying to get back in, in alignment with God. So let's not treat sin like it's a small thing. It's a huge thing. But it says that, it says you need to lay aside every weight and sin that so easily besets you. It don't throw God off no more. Sin don't bother God. I, I knew it. I, it always gets quiet when I say that. It's true. He's not pleased, but it doesn't bother him now. He died for it already. He died so it won't bother him. He suffered, bled, died, and went to hell. So it won't bother him anymore. God is not, he's not, you're thrown off. Sin easily besets you. So don't keep sinning and wondering where your blessing is. You're thrown off. Quiet. Well, where's my healing? Where's my breakthrough? Where's my come up? I need, I'm in church, but that's not the problem. You're losing in areas you should be winning in, Aiken. Joshua was a bad boy. He was winning all the battles. Once he started losing, he was like, hey, what's the problem? I'm not accustomed to losing. He said, stop praying. There's sin in the camp. Sometimes sin is the issue. Not that God is mad and punishing you, but you chose to be beset. You're in alignment with your purpose. You're in line with it and then sin. Now look where I'm going. So it's not that God is mad and punishing me. I chose to be beset. I chose to be derailed. And God is saying it's not punishment. I'm not mad at you, but you got to get back on track. And the only way you get back on track is by laying aside. Oh, it's quiet. <laughs> we talked about the guy coming in the roof. How the four friends tore up the roof and let the man down in front of Jesus. Jesus said, thy sins be forgiven. What? So he wasn't healed because of sin. His situation. He was sick because of sin. So God told me, he said, Ty, tell him this is a message against self-sabotage. Man. <laughs> Let me just get to the point where I want to go to. It's the child he loves that he disciplines, the child he embraces. He also corrects. God is educating you. That's why you must never drop out. He's treating us as dear children. The trouble you are in isn't punishment. It's training. It's training. The normal experience of a child. Let me go to the last one. Yeah, the next to last one. At the time, discipline isn't much fun. It always feels like it's going against the grain. Later, of course, it pays off handsomely. When you endure discipline, it pays off. For it's the well-trained who find themselves mature in their relationship with God. It says it pays off handsomely because you have a mature relationship with God. The greatest reward you can get in this earth is a relationship with God. And I know pastors are supposed to say that, but it's actually true. In that relationship, you have all the wisdom you need. You got to, no, I don't do that. Yeah, do that. Oh, come here. Oh, pray right now. Okay. Okay. Oh, they lie. Discernment. Everything you have is in your relationship with God. Everything you need. He'll give you wisdom or power to get wealth, the Bible says. If you have a relationship with God, you have the greatest advantage in the earth. You got wisdom over your shoulder, making you make all the right moves. Are you hearing me? That's why it says, now to him who's able to keep you from, don't do that, falling. <laughs> a relationship with God is the greatest advantage you can have in the earth today. Anybody have a relationship with God, you should be clapping right now. Only if you got a relationship. You got the greatest thing in the earth right now. Clap a little louder, please. I need to hear a celebration. Look at your neighbor and say, I got him, 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 I got him. You are, you are. It yields a relationship with God. Cain, the last week we was here, we talked about Cain and Abel. This is my last scripture. We talked about Cain and Abel. How Abel gave a gift that was pleasing to God. And Cain's was rejected. His offering 
was rejected. And God says to Cain, why are you so angry? Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is I thought y'all would say it right. <laughs> You'll be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is lying at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. Uh. Told Cain, you should have did what was right. In other words, Cain had instruction, but he still chose to do what he wanted to do. Most of us have instruction and still choose to do what we want to do. And we're not accepted. Do what is right. I don't know my future. I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know what you're not supposed to be doing. It's quiet on this side. I don't know what God wants me to do. I just don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not lying on people. I think it's safe to assume now. I'm not, I'm not in heaven's meetings, but I could kind of assume you don't want you to do that. Gossiping and talking. I'm just saying light things. You fill it in. We know what he don't want. Start with that. Do what is right, and then more instruction will open. Then you do that and more instruction will open. And before you realize it, you done came up. But you was, all, you was just in communicate, constant communication with God. The relationship. Do what is right. If you do what was right, you'll be accepted. But if you don't, watch out because sin lies at the door. So when you don't obey, sin is right there. That's why he killed his brother. Sin is right after disobedience. He killed, he, he killed his brother immediately. But if you obey, he says... Uh, uh, it's eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. Obedience makes you sin's master. I'm going to say it again. Obedience makes you sin's master. Other than that, you will be controlled. First of all, we shouldn't like being controlled by anything, even your own flesh. You shouldn't do everything your body wants to do. We need to learn to, 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 to have that separation. Like, that's my, that's my flesh. That's not me. You need to know, learn the difference. I'm closing now. You can start playing that closing music. We need to learn the difference between what's the flesh and what's really us. The Bible says the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So there are certain things the flesh don't want to do. And I don't mean sinful. I mean, uh, once you start getting older, older young people, can y'all help me with this? Older young people. No, not, not, not 30 and 40. I mean like 60. Yeah, so y'all, y'all, y'all. Woo! You 20. I'm not talking about you. I mean like 50, 60, 65, 70. Could y'all help me with this? You can look at young people. You can look at us doing praise and worship, jumping and running. You be like. <laughs> and you just. <sighs> I remember when I could do that. Knees ain't what they used to be. My shola, shola, no D. My shola ain't what it used to be. <laughs> no D. My shola ain't what it used to be. In your mind, you're like, oh, I want to get up there. But your flesh is weak. You can't even do what your spirit, you can't even jump like you want. Because your flesh can't or don't want to do it. But your spirit is willing. You so want to do it. But it's impossible with your new body to jump as high as you used to. In those moments, you can draw the difference. You can tell. Whoa, my body is different than my, my will. In those moments, you can know. If you got sick or you, you, you went to bed with a pain, but you woke up and forgot you had it. So your thumb hurt. So you wake up and grab your phone. Ah! But you, you forgot. That you were in pain somewhere. You forgot that you can't do everything like you used to. In those moments, you realize, oh, my mind is separate from my body. In those moments, you realize, I thought I could just grab that. I forgot that my body was in pain, but not my spirit. Because I was willing to do things like I used to, but I forgot my body is going through something that my spirit is not. My body is going through something that my spirit is not affected by. In those moments, we can tell. We need to be able to tell that habitually in habits, with our habits, with our behavior, with our, oh, hold on, that's not me. That's, 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 that. My spirit is saying this. That must be my flesh craving that. We have to learn how to notice it in those so we can please God. Everybody stand. You got to give it up. Give up your sin. 
give up your weight. Religion is horrible. And I'm going to say it again for every religious spirit lurking. Religion is horrible. It's meant to keep you in a vicious cycle, thinking you're pleasing God while being self-righteous and judgmental. You think you're the only one right and everybody doesn't have it right and they're not living right and I'm doing what's right and they're not doing it. Woe is them because I'm religion. Let it go. Just be pliable. Just be clay in the head. Like, Lord, I don't know. Whatever you want for me. Live. We will not let sin or weight block our come up. Religion is weight. Bitterness is weight. Stress is weight. Don't let it block your come up. And sin, like straight up. I thank God for grace, but it don't mean do whatever. and ex- It don't mean do whatever and expect heaven's endorsement. That's the crazy part. If you're going to do whatever, do whatever. But don't expect God's endorsement if we're not doing things His way. Thanks for listening to today's message. We pray you were blessed by God's word. If you would like to partner with us so that we can continue sharing the gospel around the world, please visit livechurchorlando.com.